baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, today I cry every time, and I have told you. Cry every time you hear Lee Greenwood. That I don't burst into tears for Lee Greenwood when I step in the voting booth. I get a little teary. I get a little verklempt because my grandmother, who recently passed away at the age of a hundred when she was born, it was nineteen twenty, and women just that year earned the right to vote in this country, and that. Uh, it's terrifying, and I. it is a privilege to vote. Yes, it's a right, it's a privilege, it's all of those things, but I always feel honored when I step into the voting booth. And by the way, this is a very long lead into Tori Van Oot. My kid turned 18 last week. I will be taking Maddox to vote yes. today. He will be voting in his very first election, and we are doing the research on all the candidates. By the way. And joining – go ahead, go ahead. Just before Tori – and we can bring Tori in. Do you know this yeah, yeah, yeah. to tie it into our opening conversation? That South St. Paul, Minnesota, the first woman to cast a vote in the United States, it happened in South St. Paul, Minnesota. Is that really true? Yeah. Or is that like Saint, South St. Paul lore no, well, that somebody made up to feel good? I just looked. Uh, one claimed okay. the first woman to vote under the 19th Amendment comes from South St. Paul, Minnesota. Women wow. have been able to cast votes in a 1905 special election in the city. Uh, but in, yeah, anyway. I, I'm, wow. I'm, yeah, just a little shot from my good. hometown there. Good. For, wow. We are all about South St. Paul. Well, Tori Van Oot is joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline uh, to talk about these elections, to talk about engagement. And Tori, I know you have a toddler, but someday you will be bringing your toddler with you to the voting booth and you will both be walking out uh, with I Voted stickers because eventually um, 18 will come uh, before you know it. Um, hey, girl, welcome to, the, yeah. welcome to the show. Good morning and congratulations. That's so exciting for your it team. Is. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. And really fun to be able to go in person. I was in my first election, I was in college in California, and so I voted ah, absentee, absentee. But, um, mm-hmm. for my home in Vermont. But, uh, but yeah, very exciting. Happy Election Day, everyone. It's here. Happy Election Day. So how, what are you doing? Are you currently at a voting place? Like, how do you cover Election Day for Axios? Um, I am not at a voting place right now. Our main focus is going to be on, you know, we queued up this morning, what you need to know, what we're watching, which we can talk about now, and then... We will be, our small but mighty team will be hard at work tonight on the results and what what it means so the, uh, and why it matters. Tori, the, you said, the, obviously, you're, you're talking about what to watch. We've got city council yeah. races in both Minneapolis and St. Paul. Let's start with those. I mean, we could have yeah. significantly different city councils uh, after tomorrow. We could. And just to back up, I did want to give a PSA at the top. You know, a lot of communities are voting today. Not everybody. Some have special elections. Some just have school boards or bond referendums for schools. Some have city council like Minneapolis and St. Paul. So 
if you go to the Secretary Minnesota Secretary of State's website, they have a really bright green on top. Um, you know, look at a sample ballot, find your polling place. So if you're not sure if your community has municipal elections today, that's what you can do. But yes, a lot of eyes today are on Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, we've got some uh, turnover, some open seats in both city and St. Paul. Uh, four of seven uh, seats have no incumbent running in Minneapolis. We've got uh, two open seats and a couple of uh, serious challenges to incumbents that could really reshape uh, political dynamics in the city in terms of essentially how far left the councils are right on certain issues. These are both blue cities, uh, you know, Democratic aligned, Democrat aligned cities. Um, and so it really becomes a little bit more of a battle of the progressive wing of the party versus the moderate wing of the party. And this could have impacts on everything from public safety fundings and initiatives to rent control to municipal uh, shoveling of sidewalks in the winter. Uh, so, uh, you know, the outcome will really impact a lot of people's lives. Tori, is there like a cheat sheet somewhere? You know, I found this when I was trying to research school board candidates in St. Louis Park. I found it a little more challenging to get, you know, find an objective view. Like this is what this person has said. This is what this person has said all in one place. Do you offer uh, your readers or our listeners like a cheat sheet somewhere if they're day of and they haven't done the research? You know, school boards are another area that we're seeing really heat up across the metro uh, yes, and states. Yes this year here and elsewhere too. And this is kind of interesting because school board races have traditionally been a little bit like they're nonpartisan historically uh, and technically they have been a little bit sleepier, but we're seeing a lot more competition. We're seeing more kind of nationalized, politicized issues coming up in school boards, everything from diversity and equity to um, what what books are allowed in schools to uh, Mm -hmm. student measuring student achievement parental rights, like all of these issues really coming into play um, with outside groups on both sides spending more and doing more, you know, both outside more conservative minded groups coming in with slates of candidates and endorsing them. And on the other side, you know, the teachers union and more um, progressive aligned groups are endorsing and getting more involved in spending higher amounts, too. So but yes, it's very it can be very hard because we're not used to um, paying as much attention to these races. Mm-hmm. We did a kind of an overview story on the school board races. We did not get into the weeds, but there are some um, other news outlets. You know, if you look at Minnesota Public Radio News, mm-hmm. um, I believe Sahan Journal has done a little. Um, so there are some, some kind of candidate primers. I mean, my other recommendation for folks would be a lot of times school board candidates do interviews and maybe you're kind of hyper local publications, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, your little local weekly newspaper and whatnot. So you can get a little bit of a sense of where um, people land there. But this is one of the challenges in these municipal elections, right? Like in terms of school boards, you know, St. Louis Park or even something like Anoka Hennepin, uh, South Washington, these boards are going to determine school policies and spending for Mm -hmm. tens of thousands of students and families. Um, and so I wish I had a better answer for you on a cheat sheet for specific races, um, yeah. but a little bit of Googling. There are election guides out there for mm-hmm. folks who want to have a better sense of, um, of of the candidates and what they stand mm-hmm. for. And you can always look at another cheat sheet tip is you can look at who's endorsed the candidates and then look at yes. what those groups are and what mm-hmm. they stand for. It, so it, there's the Parents Alliance, which is more, uh, you know, cons- conservative on some of the issues, uh, the, the teachers union. So you can kind of see, okay, who's backing this candidate? And that might give you a little bit of a sense of what they'll support. 
We're talking to Tori Van Oot from Axios. She's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And it's so critical, especially when it's an off-year election like this, about turnout is everything, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could boil down to you know hundreds, if not tens of votes in some of these races. And it, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of turnout this generates with even the, you know, these school board races. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I'm in one of those where a lot of money has been spent. I live in the Rosemont mm. School District. And there's mm-hmm. been a, a, That's a hot one, Yes, yeah. a lot of money has been spent. I've seen more signs for school board races than I've, I think I've ever seen before. And I'm absolutely invested in it. I did my own research about, okay, I want to know about these candidates. I want to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how many me's are out there who are taking the initiative to look that up and seeing turnout once uh, we find that out later today or tomorrow. Yes, and that is, I mean, it, you always say it all comes down to turnout. It's one of the biggest kind of cliches in politics, but that is especially true in these lower turnout elections. School board, as you noted, you know, even in Minneapolis and St. Paul, winning award can come down to, you know, two, three, four thousand votes. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be, and in the the example of city councils, you know, we're talking about individual members to the city council, but they kind of make up a political block um, that might vote a certain ways on one issue or the other. So kind of a control, quote unquote, control of the council from a political standpoint can hinge on just hundreds of voters in a neighborhood in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And of course, the policies that voted in Minneapolis and St. Paul impact the broader region and the state, right, from everything from the economy to visitors coming into town. Um, so it is we're you know seeing pretty low turnout uh, so far, closer to 2017 municipal elections than 2021, when there, of course, was mayoral elections on the ballot in St. Paul and Minneapolis and um, more ballot measures on things like rent control and, and police in that year. Um, but, yeah, and that's why we've seen both groups on both sides on the school boards. You know, you mentioned the spending and the signs. Uh, if you lived in Minneapolis or St. Paul in a competitive ward, you probably got your door knocked this weekend. I live in mm-hmm. Ward 12, and I did. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. you know, people on both sides of these races are really trying to get out those votes because they know that's what it's going to come down to. Have you seen, Tori, and is there any research on more people running for these seats? Is there more engagement in people that want to be active in public office or have people shied away because, you know, the political system is just a cesspool and it, we're awful to each other? I mean, on school board, we're certainly seeing a higher interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, some mm-hmm. of these races, I think there's a dozen or so candidates running. I think I saw 100 open seats, 200 candidates. That may not sound like a lot, but again, these used to be kind of sleepier races, less contested mm-hmm. than they are. Um, I think we're seeing people stand step up in Minneapolis and St. Paul, in particular when it comes to these open seats, right? You have in St. Paul, for example, members who have been on the council for a long time, Stepping down, that provides an opportunity for new, younger leaders to step in. Um, and that's kind of of note in St. Paul, you are potentially going to see a younger, more diverse, and even potentially an all-female council yeah. for the same time, mm, for the first mm-hmm. time. So we'll mm-hmm. see. That's in the cards. It just depends on these are close races, how it shakes out. In Minneapolis, you know, council member uh, Lisa Goodman <laughs> has been in that seat a long time. Uh, she's not. She is not running again for re-election uh, this year. And so that's an open seat with some turnover. So we did see people step up. Um, You know, there's a number 
there's a handful like of, I know one council member in Minneapolis doesn't have any opponents, but, but people do seem to be stepping up for these races. And I know in St. Paul, too, they're voting on that uh, projected uh, tax increase that would make St. Paul the, uh, have the state's highest sales tax rate. Yep. Yeah. So it's adding 1% uh, to this current sales tax rate, um, which is one cent on the dollar uh, is another another way to put it. And this would uh, generate a, an estimated billion dollars over the next 20 years for uh, upgrading roads, kind of like main roads that a lot of people drive on and parks in St. Paul. And so, you know, city leaders say we've ignored our quality. Anybody who drives through St. Paul has also probably hit a pothole or two, especially after the winter. Uh, and city leaders say this is the only way to catch up on all of this neglected road work and maintenance we have without turning mm. to property taxes, cuts, other things. Opponents of that measure say there must be another way uh, because they're really worried about the sales tax rate, right? Being so high, um, you know, add lodging tax for hotels and stuff like that. They're kind of worried about retailers and and hitting the pocketbooks of folks. Um, but there hasn't really been a super well-funded opposition campaign. And it's interesting, these local sales tax hikes, voters tend to approve them. They, they get approved at high rates, and that's one of the reasons local officials like them. I think voters often think, well, this is a way for everybody to chip in for our road maintenance or our gym center or our new hockey rink, whatever it is that the sales tax is for. Uh, because, of course, not just residents pay the sales tax. Um, but mm-hmm. it also makes things more expensive in your city for people coming to town or people who live there. So uh, we'll see what voters do on that one. Tori, thank you for chatting with us. Uh, thank you for educating us. Tori Van Oot, read her in Axios. Sign up for their newsletter. Uh, great to talk with you on this election day. Thanks, Tori. Thank you, and have fun voting with your team. All right, bye. You got it. I know, I will. I'll take a picture. Somebody's saying, texted in, saying 18 is too young to vote. Really? I don't think so. Do you? Oh, I don't think so. Someone's saying um, 18 is too young to vote. If you're an adult at 18, why can't you buy alcohol or cigarettes? You can vote. Well, you can buy cigarettes. You can buy uh, cigarettes. You, you can yeah. vote for the most powerful office, but not mature enough to have a drink. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, fine with 18. not equivalent. 18 is perfectly yeah, fine to vote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd be shocked at how politically aware, well, many kids, yeah, there are some that are totally clueless, but there are others that are very aware of what's going on, very concerned, really plugged in. So, yeah, I... There are plenty of adults who are over 18 or are totally clueless and still casting votes. I know more 18-year-olds that are pretty much a year or two out from getting their bachelor's already while being still in high school than I do not. 18-year-olds with that same ledger. I mean, there's some smart 18-year-olds out there, so there's no reason (laughs) 18-year-olds have to be factored out. Me when I was 18? Not so much. Uh, 949, let's take a break. Let's keep talking about the election because I want to, again, say I'm more glued in to this school board race, even Mm -hmm. one that for a district that my two of my kids go to, but Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering how how, how, how invested are you in this in this election today. 651-461-9226. Your calls and texts next. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.